Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now, here's your host, Ken Gross. It is Law and Reality time. I've got Jenny Wingle with me, Brian Small. How you guys doing? Good, Ken. Good to be here. How are you? I am good. I, I, I am doing. I'm not sure about how, I, but that's as much as you're getting out of me today. All right, well, I guess I'll have to accept that because uh, I don't have any choices, but we'll try and make your day a good one, Brian. What we're going to talk about should be something that you enjoy. We're going to talk about eliminating credit card debt outside of bankruptcy. You can do that? Outside of bankruptcy? Yes, it can be done, and we are going to talk about how we do it. But before we get I have to, a lot of fun doing that, actually, eliminating debt for people outside of bankruptcy. If you recall, the last couple of weeks we've talked about on the show, first of all, we're focusing on this series of three, four shows on how to eliminate debt so that you preserve future income for you and your family. That's our mantra, preserving future income for you and your family. And the goal is the three-point retirement plan. You want to get to the point of retirement where you own your home free and clear. You have zero debt. And when I mean zero, I mean zero car payments, zero credit card payments, no debt. And you have some cash in in, in the bank in savings, whether it's your IRA, 401k, or non-qualified money in a savings account. You meet those three points. You have financial wherewithal to make it through retirement in a comfortable manner. It's not the travel around the world plan where you get to do everything you've ever dreamed of doing, but it is a modest plan that sets a baseline that assures someone of having a retirement and not having to worry about how are they going to feed themselves and cover shelter and issues like that. So the strategy to get there is if you're carrying debt, you got to figure out how to eliminate it. Dump your debt. Now, there you go. The last two weeks, we talked about what is the method of getting rid of debt. And we started out two weeks ago. We said Chapter 7 is the least costly, most efficient way to eliminate debt. And we talked about how Chapter 7 worked. Then last week, we came back and said, well, there are certain times that Chapter 13 is either, or Chapter 7 is not available or certain debt issues that are better for a Chapter 13. Like stopping a foreclosure by a a mortgage holder or stopping the foreclosure of your property taxes or reducing what you owe on your car because you've fallen behind on it. Chapter 13 is a very effective tool for that. It even allows you to repay the IRS and restructure IRS debt and conceivably pay as little as zero cents on the dollar back to Visa and MasterCard. And I think we discussed the Chapter 13 as the option if we've determined that Chapter 7 is not your best option. Yeah, and then Chapter... So typically when we go through this and do the analysis, we're looking uh, to give you a resolution uh, the quickest way possible. If Chapter 7 works, we would explain that. Then we would move on to Chapter 13. And if we think that Chapter 13 would not work, say you don't have the items that Brian just mentioned. Say you're not in foreclosure. Right. Maybe you just have credit card debt, and we do the analysis and find out in that Chapter 13 that you would actually pay back more than if we we took the debt resolution approach. Right. So so here's what it comes down to. is and, And then debt resolution is the system that we have for eliminating debt outside of bankruptcy. 
but you have to put it you have to put the theories in perspective the goal remains we want to find and identify the least costly fastest way to get rid of the debt that way you take the money you've been paying on the debt and instead of paying it to the creditors you end up putting it into the bank into savings you know Ken before before we get into that I just want to focus on one little issue that I keep getting asked about and I, and I want to answer the question by first asking it people say to me all those things that you're talking about they sound great but what about my credit score what about what happens to it when I file a bankruptcy what happens to it when I do debt resolution am I ever going to get credit again and I want to tell people yes you will get credit again almost instantly the world of credit is extremely forgiving the issue is right now you're in debt and you've got to find a way to eliminate it, the bad debt. Well, Brian, okay. I think what people also forget about when when they say that about their credit score is that oftentimes when you're carrying a heavy debt load, your credit score isn't that great anyways. Or if it is great, you can't get any more credit because you can't afford any more credit because Take, you're strapped and, yeah. you're, and you're, you're pushed to the limit. For sure. Take the person who, has, who prides themselves in the fact that they've never been laid on a payment and they've maintained their monthly payments on a continuous basis with all of their cards, and they feel as though they have a good credit score. That person may be in the low 700s, but as their debt level gets up and their available credit goes down because their balances are so high, that credit score ends up dipping into the 600s anyway. But the real question that or people the 500s. need the real question people need to focus on and I understand the problem as well is it's not about your credit score. The financial industry has convinced the American consumer that their credit score is as important as baseball and football. Well, nothing and, is as important as football. And and, and it's not because then why does the credit industry want you to believe that? Because if you're so worried about your credit score that no matter what the what alternatives you face, you're going to choose to make your payments to protect your credit score ahead of the smart financial move, the financial industry wants that because they want to keep getting paid. And that's why they now virtually every credit card gives you your free credit score with your uh, monthly uh, statement. Not only that, you got free credit or karma.com that, that is sponsored by the financial industry is another source that gives you your credit score. They want you to be worried about your credit score. The reality is this. You need a good credit score if you're about to apply for a mortgage. If you are looking at doing a situation where you're trying to get rid of debt and you know that the steps you're going to take in the short term are going to reduce your credit score... Well, then maybe if your car lease is about to expire, we pull ahead and get a new car lease before we take the steps to get rid of the debt. You want to be smart about what you're doing, but you want to put the pieces of the puzzle in the right corners, in the right sections. The credit score is a common question that every single client that, that comes into our, our offices asks. Every person that I have a conversation with, if I'm sitting at a restaurant or sitting at a bar and just talking about debt issues, someone's going to ask about the credit score. 
It is an over-asked question because the consuming public has been brainwashed into believing it is far more significant than it is. Now, that's not to say that it's not important to be aware of what's on your credit report. And not I'm not talking about that from the standpoint of your score. I'm talking about that from the standpoint of inaccurate information on your credit report. And those... Uh, companies like Credit Karma and being able to go to TransUnion, Equifax, or Experian and pull your credit report once a year, it's vital that you do that to make sure that you're, if you have good credit and you're trying to maintain it and you're not in debt, that something isn't impacting your credit score. And it happens all the time where negative information gets put on the wrong credit report. So that's something to you do want to look out for. Absolutely. Good point. All right. Now, let's shift back to what we started with, with this debt resolution is the system that we use to eliminate credit card debt, also medical bills, in a situation outside of bankruptcy. Here's the situation. You've come in. We've analyzed your situation. From the starting point, we're always looking. What's the fastest, least costly method? We looked and said... Are you eligible for a Chapter 7? And the answer was no for one of a couple reasons. Either A, you didn't want to do it, or B, you have too much income. You're making your family income is $125,000 a year. You still have a credit card problem, but your income is too high for a Chapter 7. Or you have too much equity in your home. So Chapter 7 is off the table. Now we've looked at a Chapter 13. We're not trying to stop a foreclosure. You're not underwater on your home to the point where we can lean strip the second mortgage and get rid of that for nothing. Uh, And as it turns out, in a Chapter 13, you're going to have to pay back what we calculate to be $400 a month over a 60-month period is $24,000. And we say you have $40,000 of credit card debt, and we look at that credit card debt and we say, you know what? We can get that credit card debt settled for less than $24,000, and we can do it faster in 18 to 24 months rather than having it stretch over a five-year period. You know, there's in a that situation, on how we do that. Debt resolution is the better alternative, but there's a secret. What's the secret? The power of the minimum monthly payment. There should be ominous music playing when I say that. What do you mean by that? The power of the minimum monthly payment. I'm going to say it again. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So but here's, here's what, the deal. What, what, what's the point? In order to settle your debts through debt resolution, which is different from the debt settlement companies that you see on TV, because those debt settlement companies utilize a four-year program, and they tell you that you're going to be out of debt in four years. They settle their debts by... First, they charge you 15 to 18% of your overwhelming debt as their fee. Second, they charge you a service fee to keep your money. And they take and they tell you it's a four-year program. I guarantee you in the four years that you're in that program, you're getting uh, sued, right. but Brian, and they're coming after you. Tell me what you mean by the power of the minimum monthly payment. Okay. I'm going to try and stay on track of what debt resolution is, and then we'll talk about so, how it's so, different so than debt settlement. The power of the minimum monthly payment. Imagine if you're paying the minimum monthly payment on a... Let's just make it $50,000 So a $50,000 balance, that's $1,250 a month. 2.5% of your minimum monthly payment is your tip... 2.5% of your balance is your typical minimum monthly payment. So now look at the credit card statement that, that you have. 
And if you see, what it says is if you pay the minimum monthly payment, it will take you roughly 22 years, 29 years, 34 years, depending on the credit card, to pay off the debt. Assuming you make you use the chart, you charge nothing more on the card ever again. Right, which is never going to happen. But assuming that you so it's could live take in those that, many years because of all the interest you're paying. Right. So instead of paying for twenty or thirty years to get rid of the debt, imagine if you could get rid of it in eighteen to twenty-four months with the same payment. So how does it work? So what we do is we have you stop paying the credit cards, and we have you amass cash, and you. Save it yourself. And you're talking about that minimum monthly payment. Right. You, you stop take, paying the credit card and you start saving the minimum monthly right. payment. Right. Yeah. I like to make it easy. Say, take your minute. If in our example, the minimum monthly payment is twelve fifty a month. If you took that twelve fifty and set it aside for eighteen months, you'd have a pot of twenty two thousand five hundred dollars. If you set it aside for twenty four months, you'd have a pot of thirty thousand dollars. We take the pot. And we use the pot to settle the cards with the creditors and make sure that that pot covers the settlements and the legal expense that you incur in getting the thing done. And if we look at it and say, based upon your credit card debt, if you're able to make the minimum monthly payments for that 18 to 24 month period, we know you'll be able to create the pot that we need to get the debt resolved. Imagine that. You get rid of a debt that would take you 20 to 30 years is now gone in a year and a half to two. So what that what you're saying is that we'd be settling somewhere between the twenty two and thirty thousand dollars. That would include the attorney fees, it would include uh, whether or not you had to pay taxes. And when you came out of that, you wouldn't owe the fifty thousand. So you would owe zero dollars at that point, as opposed to if you continue to make the one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars a month, you would also still owe that fifty thousand yeah. dollars. You interjected a term in there of taxes, Jenny, which is something that people don't know about as well. Right. So what often happens is a lot of the people that do debt settlement and not debt resolution will have the fine print uh, that will say, please check with your tax advisor to determine whether a portion or all of this is taxable. And what we do is we figure that out in the beginning. There is an, an exception to whether or not. Well, wait, before be, you before you get to the exception, sure. this is this is the, the thing that that everyone needs to understand. If I go, if, if I'm representing you and I go to Visa and you have a $10,000 credit card and I'm successfully able to settle it for $2,500, which is a good settlement, you've now saved $7,500. The financial institution is required by law to issue a 1099-C to the Internal Revenue Service for $7,500. That 1099 cancellation of indebtedness income is income to you unless you fit within an exception. And the exceptions to 1099C income are bankruptcy is always an exception, chapter 7 and chapter 13. You never forgiveness of debt pursuant to a bankruptcy is never a taxable event ever. Even if you had a million bucks in your IRA, it's never a taxable event. But in debt resolution that's not a bankruptcy. And the rule there is there's an insolvency rule that says if the total amount of your debt exceeds your liabilities before you settled the debt and after you settled the debt, then it's excluded from income. If it doesn't, 
then you have to include it in income. And if you have to include it in income, when we do the analysis as to which is the better alternative for you to get rid of debt, we do the tax analysis as well, because if there's tax, that's included in a cost that we have to make sure you have the money to get it resolved with. The important thing is you have to have the comprehensive analysis. It's not a question of the fine print. I think most of, my guess is everyone listening has heard of Susie Orman. In the financial crisis, Susie Orman, I think, gives pretty good financial advice of getting out of debt. Brian doesn't particularly care for Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey, but I think they give, for the most part, good advice. I like the advice that they give. My problem is, is all of their advice that they give to deal with dealing with debt and getting yourself out of debt Just find the money. is predicated upon you just have to find some extra money in your budget. And that we're going to talk about how to find the extra money in your when budget, we talk about budget when we talk about budget management. But it bothers me that they tell you, oh, we'll fix everything. You just have to find the magic pill. And the question is, it's, there is no magic pill to find the extra money. Is the right. Point. And I, it takes a lot of work but, and manipulation of so, your budget but, to do it. But back to Susie Orman. It used to really pain me, like in 2010, at the height of the financial crisis, when we were doing this, she would talk about debt settlement, and she would say it can be a viable alternative. But then at the end, she'd say, oh, and you better talk to your tax advisor to see if there's tax consequences. Well, that pained me because someone in her position, as knowledgeable as she is, should have taken the time to learn the tax rules as well and say, this is what the insolvency rule says, this is how it applies, and this is when it doesn't apply. Subsequently, after a couple of years, I listened to her, I saw her on TV, and she now does do the tax analysis. But the important point is, you can't decide what to do until you know all your costs, and what it's going to cost you, and then what what it's going to cost you in a seven chapter seven, what it's going to cost you in a chapter thirteen, and what it's going to cost you in debt resolution. Your job is to pick the one that gets you out of debt the fastest way at the least possible cost. So you need that comprehensive analysis. Now, Brian, what happens if you're with a debt settlement company and you get sued, which often happens when, well, when you stop paying your credit card? That's always the fun thing because you know you you're, you're engaged this debt settlement company out of California or Ecuador or Guatemala or wherever they're out of, and a process server hands you documents and you get sued. And you go, what do I do now? So you pick up the phone and you call them. And they say, oh, well, if you refer to page 35, subsection 22 of our uh, engagement agreement, you'll notice it says that we're not lawyers. And in the event that you get sued, you have to find a lawyer. That is the typical engagement agreement with regard to any of these debt settlement companies that are out there. And what are they? What is the, What is their percentage? What are they charging to do this? Well, again, I, as I said earlier, 15, usually 15, usually 15, to, 15 to 18 percent of the debt is what they charge. And they and that does not cover litigation, which is what I find quite surprising because we're at eight and a half percent, and it says we we do cover that. Well, we do because we know that when we're in the heart and the fight. Of, of negotiating with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, any of the, the the banks out there, we know that when we're negotiating that somebody's going to get a little angry occasionally and they're going to try coming after you. And if they come after you with a lawsuit, we are prepared to fight it. 
and you know, the, it's the, included in our representation. Well, there's there's a big difference between the whole the, the two programs. N number one is we don't have a multi-million dollar advertising budget that we have to pay for, and we don't have salespeople that take their phone calls when people come in that get paid a commission in order to sign people up for debt oh, settlement. Oh, that's right. We actually have We're, everybody that answers the phone is an attorney, yeah, and talk but, that talks to you is always but, an attorney. But here's the bigger point. Here's the biggest distinction between debt settlement and debt resolution. We developed debt resolution back in early 2000, and around 2004, 2005. And it came about because we'd have clients who came in looking for, with debt problems, and they either made too much money for a Chapter 7, or it wasn't a good fit because they had too much equity in their home, and a Chapter 13 was viable, but it was expensive in our analysis. And we came up to the conclusion that said, we can make this work better for the client by settling the debt outside of bankruptcy. But there's two predicates to making that work that a debt settlement company never thinks about. Predicate number one is you have to have enough income to make those minimum monthly payments to create the pot that we need to settle the debt. If your income is too low, you're going to be a much better candidate for a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 13 because it's going to cost you far less money to settle the debt. The second one is we came up with 18 to 24 months as the, as the optimal plan because that's the time frame to get it done, making the payments and gaining the settlements with as little aggravation in lawsuits as can be expected. We still see the lawsuits and we deal with them as part of the process. But four years, if you're going to go four in, in years, fact, though, it's going to be better in a Chapter 13 or a Chapter 7. With those lawsuits, that one of the benefits of being here, being a local law firm, is that when you get sued, we know every single one of those lawyers out there that are doing the suing. We have cases with them every single day versus the company out in California that's never heard of them and doesn't have a working relationship with them. And because we have a working relationship because we have to, okay? The reality is is they're, they're not going away. They're going to be the law firm that's suing next week and the following week and the following week. And so we've there, in fact, developed two, a, a rapport with there, them that, that allows us to effectively help you and effectively defend you. There's two types of working relationships we have with us. We have a group of them that have they understand that if they do not work with us, we're going to take them to the wall and fight the debt and create as much havoc as we can in the litigation in order to get the best deal. That group that recognizes that among us says, why bother going through the problem? We'll give you the best possible deal we can. Then there's the other group that doesn't do that, and on that group we take them to the wall all the way in, as far as we have to in order to get the deal. You, what it comes down to is this. If the credit card company is holding back and doesn't want to settle for less than 80 cents on the dollar, we don't want that settlement. We'd rather let it fight out in a lawsuit. And in a lawsuit, you may not be able to win because you borrowed the money, but you can win strategically by, causing, by having a lawyer cause enough problem for the credit card company to make it not worth their while to fight in order to accept a better settlement. And that's the strategy that we use. But the debt settlement companies have a completely different mentality. They're out there telling you, you don't want to file bankruptcy. If you file bankruptcy, don't listen to this commercial. It's going to pain you. That is a statement designed to make you think that bankruptcy is a horrible outcome and what they're doing is the greatest thing since the Twinkie. That's not true. 
The best way to get rid of debt is the one that gets you out of debt the fastest and the quickest way. If you, a, a woman came into my office one day, elderly woman, she wanted to resolve her credit card debt through debt resolution. She was on Social Security making 12, getting $1,250 a month. She had $30,000 of credit card debt. She had no money to settle doing debt resolution with, but she was a simple Chapter uh, 7 bankruptcy, and for $1,500, she was filed the case. This is several years ago, and the debt was gone in three months. Why settle $30,000 of credit card debt for $15,000 when you can get rid of it for $1,500? That's the wisdom. I see we're kind of... Running out of time a little bit. I know we've got some announcements to make. Brian, you want to take them? Sure. So let's first invite all of our listening audience to watch the TV version of Law & Reality every Sunday at 11 a.m. on TV 20. That's Sunday, 11 a.m. TV 20. You get to see my face made for radio. And we have a seminar coming up. Wednesday, August 22nd from 6 to 7.30. Don't be like Bill. Do an estate plan. Now, that, uh, that uh, seminar is held in our offices in Bingham Farms. I still don't know who Bill is. Ken's been telling me all about don't be like Bill, doing a estate plan for, for days. So what we're going to do, though, we're going to discuss the elements of an estate plan, the documents you must have while you're alive, the documents you need so that your estate properly passes when you die, how to avoid probate, and how to handle a probate issue and a probate fight when it happens. All of the attendees at this seminar on estate planning uh, will uh, receive a gold $300 gold certificate uh, off the cost of an estate plan. And as a reminder, so that everybody knows, the cost of attending the seminar, absolutely free. Our seminars are always free. All of our seminars are free. The gift certificate for the off the cost of an estate plan is just an added bonus. So now how you sign up? You sign up at lawandreality.com. Thavgross.com or call us the old fashioned way at 888 235 HELP. That's 888 235 4357. And as always, if you want to come in for a consultation, all of our consultations are free. You can call, just call us at 888 235 4357 for issues on if you have issues with debt, tax issues, offers in compromise estate planning issues with me, business issues or estate planning issues with Ken Gross, elder law issues with our friend, good friend Pat Samasco, and Social Security disability issues with Jeffrey Kirshner. Again, you can sign up for a free consultation on our websites at lawandreality.com or thavgross.com or call us at 888-235-HELP. Right, now, back, back to debt resolution and back to the concept of resolving debt at the least possible cost the fastest way. Let me give you an example of how we approach things. Someone comes into our office who's 85 years old. He's on Social Security. He's a widow. He's paying rent I for his apartment. I turned him into a superhero. In that circumstance, he has no other assets. His only income is Social Security. I'm going to make that person completely uncollectible. A credit card company cannot garnish your social security even if they get a judgment against you. So what we do in that particular case is we settle by nothing. We don't settle at all. We stop paying the credit cards and if they take a judgment, they take a judgment. We just make sure the only money in the client's bank account is social security because they cannot take the social security. In that case, the credit card company calls me up and says, are you willing to settle? And my answer is, 
no, we are not willing to settle. Our offer is nothing. The client is on Social Security. He's elderly. He has no assets that you can garnish. You can't take his Social Security. My offer is nothing. And then I say to him, have you ever seen The Godfather? <laughs> that it's, It exemplifies a perspective. The goal for representation of a client in a situation where you want to preserve future income is to find the best possible solution. That settlement's not a good deal because you got to pay money. He doesn't need a bankruptcy, doesn't need the aggravation, they can't get the money anyway. The whole point is you have to analyze the situation to come up with the optimal solution. That's what we do. That's a wrap. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with Law & Reality. Thanks for listening.